Hello. Give me a sec. Uh, there we go. I got you. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Mm, sorry yeah. about everything always. It's okay. Wow, you're a super loud on my headphones right now. Let me see if I can fix that. Uh, what do you do? There we go. I got you. What do you do on your calls with Matt, or is your setup different? Uh, it's different. It's complicated with you because I have to record uh, two separate tracks for my local and remote audio. So it's a little bit of a sophisticated setup, but you know, it's, it's worth it, Linda. It's worth it for you. And we owe our listeners a good episode where we don't talk about the technical details behind the show. And uh, right. we just and we just have a nice conversation. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Well, I do have one technical question. Oh, are you, okay. How much, Hit me. How, much, how much of this wind are you picking up right now? Uh, fair bit, but you know what? People have to deal with it. <laughs> These are the new AirPod buddies. So I was like, maybe they'll be better. Nah. The sound quality is good. There's, there's only a little bit of wind. I mean, you're definitely, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's great, Linda. Everything's fucking fine. <laughs> so, okay. so great and fine, and everything's fine. Uh, I, made a dis- I made a mistake when I left my house. I didn't put a hat or gloves on. Oh, do you want to go back and rectify that mistake? Yeah, but I'm doing it while I'm talking to you. I'm already at my door. Oh, I see. So, yeah. You're in Boston, right? No, I'm in Boston tomorrow. Mm. So this was going to be the Boston episode, mm. but it's not. I'm going to Boston for work. Are as, you eating a little do. snack? I got a banana. I got I gotta. We gotta get some calories in me. I'm going running after this, like right after this. So. Oh man, you know what's really good for what's microphones? Really good? Well, bananas. Just, just num, chewing, num, num. chewing on a banana. Mm. <laughs> How yeah. far are you planning to run today? Mm, my running partner and I, we should do like five or six miles. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's a nice little park we go to. It's been cool. a, nice, a nice Saturday morning ritual. Usually we go early, but uh, going late this morning on account of a couple things. Oh, yeah? <coughs> mm. What else is going on? Oh, I'm just still a little bit sick. It's a, it's a real, oh. it's really a thing. I, oh my God. I, my, the illness, Linda, it put me in like a deep, dark depression. Like I got really? so bummed out from being sick. Well, like I fucked up all my rituals. I couldn't do my normal stuff. I was, <coughs> I was missing my weekly game nights. I was missing my runs on the weekend. I, I was trying to start my new yoga ritual, my new routine at yoga. And very frustrated that I couldn't go reliably to that. It was yeah. uh, it was a big bummer. It really fucked me up this time around. Were you like really hard on yourself about the fact that you couldn't do those things? No, I wasn't beating myself up about it. I was just sad. I just wanted to do all the things. Uh, oh, and I felt I like uh, you know I felt like stuck out of time. Like the world was all a big sham. Because when you just when you just you don't go to work and you don't go to all your things you normally go to, all of a sudden you realize that just everything's just a very you know brittle facade. Uh, of your whole life could just like yeah. fall apart. You could just stop going to all the things and just have a different life if you wanted to. Yeah, it is really strange to think about that and about how like I wonder how long before someone really misses me at those things. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, still going on. I'm just now feeling better. Finally, this week I did not miss any work, uh, but still have a lingering kind of cough. But uh, geez, it was like two weeks, and I, I don't think I've ever. Is it just a flu? Well, I had like two separate things. I had the stomach thing we talked about, and then I like separately yeah. got like strep throat or something. Hmm. Yeah, I was. Strep I was, throat is so stupid. I was good for like two days in between, and then uh, right back to fuck town population. Fuck you, Ugh. man. We've talked. You, you, so, you usually get strep throat a lot as a kid. Did we talk about this? 
not really, but I did get bronchitis once, mm. and that was my horrible, like, put me out for two weeks. And anything that happens in your lungs like that, uh, it takes a surprising amount of time to recover from it. It's yeah, like lungs are fragile little things. Yeah, they really are. Like they can't I even handle was... you smoking a bunch. What a bunch of wussy organs. <laughs> but yeah, I remember like after being sick for like eight days, I'd like and not leaving my house, I was like, I think I can make it to the end of the block. And I like left and seriously just to walk like a block and a half was winded. And this was like during yeah. the time that I was doing CrossFit and stuff. So I was yeah. like, fuck, is this my life forever? <laughs> I had a little bit of that. Yeah, I had, I had a couple of weeks there where uh, I tried to run, and I was like, fuck, I'm bad at this now. Just I've been yeah. sitting in bed all day, and my whole body's dead. Well, I'm sorry. That is kind of shitty. I like it when I get, like, a little bit of a cold, and I can just, like, bundle up and watch 80s movies and, like, draw stupid cartoons. Yeah, that sounds That's nice. kind of fun. <clears throat> that one does sound good. Yeah, were you just just sick enough that like your head is filled with snot and like work is confusing, so you shouldn't be there. Mm. You're just like slow and yeah. Blah. I don't get to as you know working for such a small company. I don't really get the uh, the pleasure of I get to take work off because uh, I'm not feeling 100 percent because it right just, it just means that work piles up and I put a bunch of work on my coworkers and lose money. Yeah. So. Yeah, I haven't gotten super sick in the last couple of years yet. Knock on wood. Will. Christ, Jesus. <laughs> I'm walking by a wood pallet. I'll knock on it. Yeah, knock on that pallet. I'll just kick it a couple times. All right. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I feel like one thing that my boss told me once is that if you're like a manager, so this doesn't apply to you because you're like the owner of a company. But if you're the manager of people, like your job is kind of to get things set up such as that you can leave for a few weeks and it's not a big deal. I think about that sometimes. I mean, I do manage people at work, so that's a goal. And it, it truly yeah. actually wasn't a big deal for the office, but I still just, it, I, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get to really relax if I'm, if I'm out of the office, you know, because I'm just thinking yeah. about all the things I'm not doing, which is probably just a flaw personally. Yeah, you're hard on yourself. I don't, I'm not sure I am overall, but I take the point. Maybe I am. It's possible. Yeah. What's new with you, Linda? How are you? Oh, gosh. I'm good. Oh, gosh. It's, oh, golly. Oh, giddly gosh. It's cold. Yeah, winter well, is here. It is It is upon us. Um, I, I've been Googling uh, all the muscles in the thigh. You've been Googling all the muscles in your thigh? <laughs> I'm ready. Tell me about and, it. Go ahead. Start top to bottom. Well, Let's go. It's pretty great because if you figure out there's, oh, shit, and I forgot what it's called, the gracilis or something. It's like know, in the man. adductor in the adductor region. It's just like your inner thigh above your knee. Um, but, like, so I was having that knee pain, and then I realized that my thighs were all tight, so I was like, maybe it's more of, like, a muscle thing. Where like everything's super tight, so it's mm -hmm. like pulling my my bones together or something. I don't know. So <laughs> I mean, muscles' main job is in fact pulling your bones together, so that, that tracks. I mean, that's what your yeah, muscles this, are supposed to do. This is what happens when you call a physical therapy place and their next appointment isn't for three and a half weeks. Ugh. You're just like, 
Okay, I'll just do Dr. Google. You're like, uh, listen, while, while I was waiting for this appointment, I kind of figured things out for myself. It turns out yeah. that muscles that pull the bones together, and you may not realize this, but I think <laughs> my muscles are pulling, pulling the bones together bad. Too hard. Mm-hmm. It was too much pulling. Hello, doctor. Yes, so, my problem is my thighs are too ripped. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm realizing, truly. Mm-hmm. But uh, so then I was like Googling just like those muscle groups and then mobility workouts or exercises. And then you get all these fucking CrossFit physical therapy dudes who are like showing you how to mash weights into your legs to make them feel they better. They fucking love to do that shit. They're like, take a whole <laughs> barbell and roll it across your thigh until you're crying yep. in pain. And I'm like, does this help? Does yeah, it help? Night, Does it help though? Last night I was like, like laying my legs onto a kettlebell and putting another kettlebell on top. Of you made a kettlebell sandwich. Well, I guess a little yeah. sandwich with kettlebell bread. A little leg sandwich with kettlebell bread. And I mean, it felt good, but I'm still like, I should probably go to this. this <laughs> I should probably see a, a expert instead of just smooshing my thighs above <laughs> big metal weights. Yeah. Like, well, if you just smoosh it. Just smoosh all your better. problems away. And anything is wrong with you, you can just smoosh it real good. And I honestly don't really even understand, like, what it's doing. Because, like, I've done mobility <laughs> stuff for a long time now. And people are always giving you, like, a lacrosse ball. Yep. And Foam whatever. Racquetballs, like, depending on the size of the muscle group that you're trying to mash. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, what is this doing? Is it actually, like, wiggling all of the tightness-free... I think it's basically tenderizing acid. you like a big steak. Yeah, right? Really, a meat tenderizer would be the best thing. It's just, uh, you know, people can't people can't handle it. People can't handle being uh, hammered to death. Smacked with a spiky it's hammer. Spiky metal. My mom always used a meat thingy tenderizer. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that was weird. Um, it's a weird tool to have because you can... You can just, I mean, I tenderize meat sometimes. I just smack it with a rolling pin or, you know, a wine bottle or uh, anything, really. Yeah. Single purpose. Yeah, people can smack meat with whatever you want. Yeah, so last, oh boy. So last night I went to a birthday party and then I went home to Google about muscles and mash them. (laughs) And squish yourself a bunch. No, it's fun. Sounds great. Yeah. And I went to one of those, like, design leader dinners this week. It's, like, a recruiting effort. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm done going to those. <sighs> I got a lot of feelings about that stuff, Linda. My uh, yeah. The aforementioned project manager we hired at the office, like, three months ago now. Uh, she's been great and extremely proactive about actually thinking about some kind of like sales strategy which we've never ever done before in our entire lives because we're terrible business mm-hmm. people um so like she's like oh there's this event uh it's called the maryland brand summit and uh she's like we should go to this event and i'm like Ugh. i'm like why i'm like i don't want to <laughs> but i recognize that i probably should and so we can go we're gonna go and it's gonna be fine uh, do you care to have me uh, read this <laughs> overview of this event to you, Linda? Yeah, please. <clears throat> All right. 
Uh, our Made in Maryland Brand Summit will celebrate Baltimore's brilliant, innovative, creative, and influential industry leaders, encouraging conversations about entrepreneurship and brand building. This all-day event will feature dynamic speakers, panel discussions, and Q&As, plus plenty of networking opportunities. While oh, mingling plenty. With, ready, ready, Linda? While mingling yeah. with fellow visionaries, enjoy coffee, oh. breakfast, lunch, and happy hour. Complimentary professional headshots provided on site. What? Yeah, what's that one all about? That It, it kind of throws you for a loop at the end there, doesn't it? Oh. They're like, yeah, but what's our value add? Oh, I know. Headshots. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'll report back. This event is in a couple weeks now, so I'll, I'll report back after I go. I haven't been to one oh, of these man. things in like, oh, God. We, we, we actually did do this when we first started the business because we were like, we had nothing else to do, and we're starting a business. We might as well go to every kind of like tech and design thing we can find in the city. Uh, and yeah. like, truly we made a lot of connections that led to work. Uh, so like it, it works. Networking works, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, it's going to be, it'd be hard for me to leave a smile on my face and not just like cringe <laughs> and eye roll right out of the sort of fucking auditorium or whatever. Yeah. That is one of those things that's like, oh shit, I actually did meet somebody that I really like. Cause just like anything, you like find your people, you know. Uh, in my but, case, it's not even that I met people that I liked per se, but I met people <laughs> that eventually referred work to us that made the business go. Oh, that's so. good. Well, yeah, and I guess that, as the business owner, that's yeah, that your is goal. kind of my job. <laughs> I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> it feels it feels a little negligent yeah. in my duties if I'm just like, no, I'm not going to go to this thing because uh, it is. Yeah. I find it distasteful. <laughs> yeah. You have to deal with the hard shit. So yeah, I get to go mingle with other visionaries, but but why do you say you're done with it after yeah. after your event this week? What, what, uh, what I don't know. Face in your mouth. So like one of my good buds works for the company that put it on. So I was like, well, I get to hang out with my friend. That'll be cool. Uh, then I just like had a bunch of conversations with people about like the kind of work that I'm focusing on right now, and I guess they're all focusing on Jesus, it's windy. Um. And it was just like, I don't know, afterwards, you have all the like, did I come off like I was being too uh, pretentious or did I say enough about work or not enough? I don't know. Like, I went through a little bit of the like, what is it called? The like on the stairs thoughts. On the stairs like, thoughts. This is an unfamiliar yeah. thought technology to me. Somebody said this to me last week and now I'm like botching it. It's like uh stairs of the party it's basically like when you're leaving the party and you start to think about like all the things that you wish you said differently or something uh but yeah so mostly I don't know. like just social anxiety stuff is why you didn't have fun i wouldn't even really call it like social anxiety it's more like new imposter syndrome that i i don't know like i feel like I'm, i know what i'm doing and i'm doing a good job and then, like, meeting all these other people. It feels like we're all, like, trying to prove to each other that we're doing a good job. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that we know what we're doing. <laughs> that's a real bad dynamic. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's not exactly what's going on. And everybody just, like, is, like, it that everybody's way. very gently trying to, like, brag, basically, about how competent and good they are. Yeah. And how, like, much better their teams are doing because of X practices or Y Oof. medium articles that they read. Ugh. Yeah. So... You mean you guys aren't doing daily stand-ups? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like operational stuff like that. And 
I don't know. I just, I don't need that. I need that in my life. Like, I, I love going to MailChimp stuff because I know that I'm always going to meet some weirdo. Uh, so I went to one of their latest, like, panel discussion things. And uh, my friend Greg works for Atlanta and MailChimp, or for MailChimp in Atlanta. And he was like, oh, you got to meet Nina. Look for Nina. And so I looked for Nina and I found her. And, like, one of the first things that she asked me was, like, how I perceive time. And I was like, oh, I see why Greg told me to find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just and, like, and what was your answer, Linda? <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad you asked because I was re- recently thinking about uh, ways people visualize time in their heads. And like, what does time look like to you? Because for me, it's a straight line that I have like a bird's eye view of. But for some people, you it's like see a it sphere. All? Well, I can't really, like, it's like invisible ink at the end. So it's like, it's starting to reveal itself as time goes on. And, like, the only way to get the full picture is to wait. <laughs> nice. I That's like my it. vision. I like it. But yeah, she was she was reading some book about, like, physics of time and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're we going to be friends. I feel, like, so uh, cool. I feel like you'll be able to commiserate with this. I As somebody that makes a web sites and applications for a living there's a long list of things that i desperately want to make or to exist but i also know would there be no viable way to support the development of the idea right like it's not a business yeah so it's never going to happen or it's never going to happen properly and one of the things i really desperately want is i want a really really good completely flexible like timelining tool. I want to be able to make my own Ooh. personal uh, giant Ooh. timeline. Oh my god, me too. Me too, me too. And, and what I want to put on a timeline is like when I learn <clears throat> about things, I mean really learn about them. Uh, you know, yeah. if I go read some article about some you know, labor action in the early 20th century or you know, I go read you know, something. Uh, I want to be able to like put it on this timeline in like a way that is intuitive to me and then like basically add it to my visual map, my understanding of history, right? Uh, and I've tried to do oh, this, this actually. This took a, a different bit. turn. Okay. You yeah. were thinking like I, you, I just wanted like a diary basically of my life, my personal timeline. Yeah, I want a life diary, but I like. Well, I'd and probably then make I one of those too. It'd be cool to like mark important like readings that you did that might then influence your life in some big way over time. Yeah, yeah, that's another, that's actually another thing I have to think about too. Is like a, 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 things that I think have influenced me or my work, and being able to like map when they came into my awareness uh, and kind of see that visually. Um, anyway, as a visual person, I've always wanted this because I feel like it would dramatically increase my understanding of history to be able to say like, you know, because I, I you know I've studied a lot of art history in school, for example, so I know a fair bit of things about art history, and sometimes you like you don't get the context of like what was going on in the world when this was going on in art. Uh, Similarly, you know, I read about the history of like labor and like that kind of thing. And you know, you just, these are all separate threads. You're kind of expected to tie together in your brain. And I just wish there was a nice way to make one of those (coughs) timelines and have it be like a canonical thing with like hundreds of little nodes on it. So would it be like your own personally curated historical timeline or would it be yeah. like like there's one and everyone shares it no 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 it's very important that it be personal to me uh like Got basically it. like my personal understanding of the history of everything right uh, oh man just, I, just, 
I just love the idea of like comparing yours to mine when I like was still a creationist and didn't know about like science yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, our histories would be so different. That's something I really value. Like I, I, I want to be able to articulate my understanding of everything, of like how the world got to be how it is. Uh, and there's no good way to like articulate or summarize that, or even like, you know, make a map for myself, right? Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's, it only exists in my head, and I haven't gotten to the point where I've like really committed to making this in some way that is transportable. It's, it's kind of a weird thing, like. It's not the kind of thing like I could just like I you know I use lots of drawing software I could go into Illustrator or Sketch or Figma or whatever and just like start drawing it, but yeah. this particular kind of information like a timeline I want it to be like I want to be able to like zoom in or out to like any degree and like always have room to add more information and it doesn't yeah. it's not well suited to any like existing systems right it's not well suited to putting in a spreadsheet which i almost never say because right. i put fucking everything in a spreadsheet uh but it's really not great for that i mean I, it's not visualized then you just have like a database of things you know about yeah being able oh, to, i can like, picture exactly how it could work so my friend i met on the train he does data graphics and uh oh you can just see like you have like your little input field and like here's the data that i learned here's the dates and then you like look at the plot and boop there it is right the timeline. And, and to me it would be really important to be able to have like different ideas of how things interact with time so like some things have like a moment where they happen right so uh you know like what's an example of the thing that would be on my personal history uh that i would want to have like that's a specific moment um you know like this is like a dumb a dumb tech bro thing but like the moment steve jobs died right like that day yeah or like, you know uh let's say like the moment the world wide web was invented uh one of these things that's like relevant to my interests um, well, that's, that's a thing that's like that's a hard dot right that's a full yeah you know full node on the sort of uh plot but also i would want to be able to have things that like span time right like you know here was the era where uh let's see like you know, Kurt Vonnegut was writing, right? And here's, like, the last book he wrote, here's the first book he wrote, and this is his, like, you know, active, uh, you know, writing career. Uh, and that's, yeah. like, a thing that spans, like, two two dates. And then I also would want the idea of, like, things with fuzzy edges, uh, you know, because, like, I think there's some important things that are, that have weight in time and history that yeah. don't have these, like, finite, like, beginning and end points, right? Like the um, Iraq War. <laughs> that's that's not a bad example uh but yeah e even i'm thinking just like you know movements in art history like you know like this was kind of Ooh, the time yeah. when impressionism was happening and you know there's yeah. not a date when impressionism well actually with impressionism specifically you could argue that the date it began was like when the camera was invented but uh right. you know there's like a, there's not a date when it began and a date when it ended right it's just like this kind of like blurry like you know kind of like a blurry bell curve uh you know where there's like a peak yeah. a peak of this movement and like tapers off into different directions i would want to be able to have all of these to... different kinds of things on this map yeah and i would love to be able to dig deeper based on my map of like okay to my understanding the camera was invented at this time but like let me do some research because i've learned that as you get older the history that they feed you as a kid is kind of bullshit oh <laughs> like, it's, it's not and like the, the invention of like and the Indians had a nice meal <laughs> yeah. together, and it yeah, was right great. Yeah, right now everybody's doing cute Thanksgiving Twitter names, and mine is like Thanksgiving is a cover up for genocide. Uh. Do you ever? I mean, like, like I, I, 
do you ever really just like think about the fact that we were actually taught? I mean, I assume I, I was. I assume you were too. That like the pilgrims came to America and and the Indians were like, "What up? We're friends now." Yeah. Like, like yeah. It's, like like I like I know I I know I know I know I know I know we live in like this world where everything's fucked up all the time constantly but that is such a like intimate specific way that is like so incredibly profoundly fucked it's so fucked yeah. up that and it makes you feel like you're being raised to be a little nationalist like, you are you absolutely like, are oh, no and it's like america's it's, perfect and this is you know and like we're not that old this i'm sure this is still happening in schools and it's just like a thing that it's just it's such a simple example of how like stupidly fucked everything is but I keep yeah. going back to it. It's like the people who were designing the curriculum way back when, when they decided to include that in our history books, was like, oh, but like, what about when kids realize that like the bad guy won and they're the bad guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are uh, benefiting from all of the, you know, systematic violence that uh, brought this entire country into being. So, yeah. And then they're like, well, that's too complex of an emotion to put on a child. So let's just like lie. <laughs> Instead, it's too complex. Of, I mean, by that logic, it's too complex of an emotion to put on a fucking adult either. I mean, I'm not sure anybody's supposed to grapple with that shit, but there's no reason to hide it. Right. Exactly. Oh, boy. How do we get to this? It's that dark. Anyway, I really would like to have a timelining tool so I could make a map of my personal understanding of history. And to your point of like diving in deeper, like I, I want a tool where like one of the rules is I have to enter every piece of information on it. Like, there's no opportunity to automatically add something or to like you know pull in some content from a you know google search or wikipedia page or something uh i explicitly want something where nothing is on there unless i have put it there and then i only put things there when i feel like they're important to me and i truly understand them right like i wouldn't go like just read uh the wikipedia page about world war ii and then like stick a bunch of like relevant world war ii dates on there unless i felt like i had an understanding of that thing uh, yeah, and like how it how it behaved in history. So so yeah, it's like I, I I want the deep dives to happen elsewhere, and then once I've done the deep dive and I feel like I've grown a little dendrite, made a little connection in my brain, then I want to go back to my like big board with all the pins and you know strings and stuff, and like place yeah. this new piece of information into that context. <laughs> you should just ask Hillary if you can have a beautiful mind room. <laughs> she would probably let me. She's very supportive. <laughs> like whatever, Andy. Yes. <clears throat> Maybe I'll just start like building it with D three just for me. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, how much do you code, bro? <laughs> uh, not much, but it would be. I could probably muddle through to get something. Yeah. But just like I think it'd be so interesting to know, like, you know, when this book that was very important to me was being written. Here is what was going on in the other things that I know and care about. You know. Yeah. It's also a good like way that. to like it's also a good way to like externalize your bias, you know, to look at the timeline and be like these are the only kinds of things that I know about <laughs> would be very right? would be very humbling and sobering to be like, ah, maybe I should learn a little bit more about, you know, <laughs> the rest of the history of everything. Yeah. Like I, just this morning I was thinking about this conversation that I had with somebody like 3 or 4 years ago who like called me out on Twitter for something that I said about, like, white guys and about how, like... So far, I'm not in support of this person, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, they were... I was the one who was uh, saying, like, is it okay that we're saying white guys? 
And they were like, yes, and let me explain to you why. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I had had a white guy boyfriend who was, like, bummed out about, like, all the white guy stuff going on. Wait, real quick. When you say a white guy boyfriend, do you just mean literally, like, a Caucasian male? Or do you mean, like, is, is white guy carrying some other meaning in this context? It's kind of both. So he's a white male, but was also, like, he was starting to feel attacked by all of the conversations going on about like white dudes in America right now. Sure. And so I was only hearing his side of a story and I was also raised by a white guy who's a preacher who like his job is to enforce the patriarchy mm-hmm. <laughs> in like a church setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I was genuinely just like, yeah, maybe that if like we should just aim to like make everyone feel good. And if it makes people feel bad to hear things, maybe we should, protect them from that and so this girl was basically like time out and she pulled me aside and she explained to me everything from her perspective and i like cried and cried and cried and was just like holy shit and it was just like eye-opening because like i was given a perspective that i didn't really have access to and it wouldn't be for like another year or two that i really started to digest my own understanding of the patriarchy and how it's affected me my whole life and how i was like contributing to it (laughs) and like but it's just like you're raised with these biases and it's kind of up to you to educate yourself to like get out of it um so yeah that one conversation was incredibly influential for me and i'm so glad this was a stranger on twitter uh it's like somebody who's like an acquaintance like i i I did you talk in person or did you just like talk through twitter we had a video time we had a video message like i was like yeah that's, just today, uh, that's I was a very like, generous act on that person's behalf. Uh, I know. And, and a very open-minded like, act on your behalf. What an interesting, what an yeah. interesting uh, interaction. And I think that like I didn't know what to do with the conversation. And I was thinking of maybe there was a way that I could like share it with my team who I was working with at the time or something. And I kind of just left it high and dry because it was like such a mind fuck. I, I think it just, I was like, well, I'm going to have to sit with this for like a couple years. Holy shit. And so it was, but it was an amazing conversation. And they used like all of these studies that had been done to uh, expose bias uh, against people. And um, yeah, it just kind of made me realize like, wow, like what, what, what it actually means to be privileged and what it actually means to be marginalized. Um, Like that was the day I learned about those two things. And I didn't realize, like, how much privilege I had. And, like, I think it's one of those things that everyone can just kind of nod along with and say, like, oh, yeah, I know, like, black people aren't treated well. But I think to actually, like, really dig into it and understand it and try to, like, as much as you can put yourself in their shoes, like, you can't really, like, I'll never totally get it. No, of course not, yeah. I think that, yeah. But it's important to start to try <laughs> and to just See, like, say like wow i am a shithead and yeah and, and what a what a perfect thing to put as a hard node a hard dot on your timeline like this is the day oh, that yeah. my perspective on things changed dramatically totally and that like the way that that butterfly affected the rest of my life i mean i can't even calculate because I think that it completely shifted my thinking on like what types of men I was dating and like what to look for in a partner and like mm-hmm. what it actually means to be in a partnership that's fair and what feminism is. Like 
it just, oh my God, just branched off into so many directions. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that was a big one. Just I one can, conversation. Uh, I can, uh, I can track a lot of my like current political, uh, values and civic values to, uh, like, it's this fun, it's this funny little like train. When I, I first got interested in Twitter, and I was like a big, I was big on Twitter for a while, right? Like very invested in the platform, talking a lot to people, tweeting a lot. Uh, and I fell into the same trap that almost every uh, white dude falls into, especially in like an industry specific thing where, you know, a couple years into my Twitter usage, I was following basically just white design bros, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and I had like seen on Twitter, somebody was like, hey, like this is a pattern, like maybe check the people you're following and figure out if you want to like diversify that, you know, that, uh, that pool of voices at all. And I thought about it a little bit and I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, yeah, I'll follow a bunch of, so I like actively for a couple of years, like sought out women, people of color, people outside of my specific industry that I thought were interesting. Uh, and then like had a much higher bar basically for like, if this is a white designy creative dude, like you really got to be super interesting before I'm going to follow you. Right. It's a much higher bar to like cross. Yeah. Over. And like yeah, ultimately exactly. kind of even things out a little bit. And then the the way this went is uh, when Trayvon Martin was murdered uh, by George Zimmerman, I had, because I had been following, been intentionally following more women, more people of color, uh, people in my timeline that were talking about it. And yeah. they were talking about how uh, surely this guy that, George Zimmerman that, that killed Trayvon Martin was going to get off and not be not be charged with a crime, and I was remember just thinking like, there's no way like this guy's definitely mm-hmm. going to get charged with the crime. Like he killed an unarmed kid in the middle of the street in the middle of the day. Yep. Like there's no chance this guy doesn't get you know completely indicted. And then you know, however many months later when he actually went to court and of course didn't get charged with any <clears throat> crime whatsoever, got off completely scot free. My fucking world was shattered linda because i was basically like i was reading these tweets and just thinking like man these these like people are like too deep in their thing they they think this guy's gonna get off like that's totally insane right like i was like this is no way and then i i i immediately like in that moment first of all i felt like the world made no sense to me like at all i was Mm -hmm. like how is this even possible and then i so viscerally felt like fuck like I am a huge part of the problem because I was listening to these people and thinking there was they were completely wrong. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was reading their their tweets about how this was going to happen and I like, thought it was completely wrong, and that just fucked my whole shit up. And like, yeah. I, I read a bunch of things and I like completely changed the people I follow on Twitter and I like you know I just changed everything about the media I consume and the way I looked at the world. Uh, this was I guess what like eight years ago at this point, like seven years ago, eight years ago. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. But that was, that was I remember huge that, me. and I remember that side of Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's just like the way that when you're hearing it from actual people who have actually been uh, suffering from that kind of treatment for so long, it's just you can see it in their face. Like you can just, they're just like fucking exhausted. You know, they're like, yeah, of course he's going to get off. Like that's what always happens. Right, and me never having seen any of the other patterns, this being the first time this was surfaced to me, I was like, "Well, there's no way. Like, he clearly, he clearly committed a crime. Like, we have right. justice, right? We have justice." And then, of course, you know, it like, doesn't no. happen. And then I go fucking down a rabbit hole for like two weeks, just reading about every other 
person of color that was killed unarmed by a police oh, officer that I had never heard of. Uh, and yeah. you know, then it's just like, yeah, like honestly, like everything just kind of kind of came crashing down around me. Um, but I'm really grateful for it, obviously. But, um, but yeah, like that's that's a huge point on my timeline uh, where everything kind of totally changed for me. Yeah, I'm glad it changed for you. Yeah, you too, buddy. And for me too. And then I'm also like, man, what other dumb thing am I doing or not knowing about? I'm sure there's gonna be something. That, always is that, that's the bigger thing right like accepting that like that's the biggest change that happened to me in that moment like obviously i became more acutely aware of a bunch of social things that i was oblivious to but the bigger thing was that in that moment i truly accepted like fuck i don't know shit like yeah i i don't know anything about <laughs> anything and i just need to listen forever basically exactly Andy, I just got a spin class, so that's a good end to that to that conversation. And I got to go running, so uh, <laughs> next time, Linda, remind me. And uh, I I, I want to talk a little bit about how uh, I think men should feel bad, and we should get rid of this culture of like uh, we shouldn't make anybody feel bad <laughs> for. Well, that's basically that's basically what I learned is that yeah, they should, and if you're afraid that you're white son isn't going to get hired for a job because you're starting to hear people say that they're trying to uh, make room for more diversity hires, then uh, just don't worry about it. Your white son will be okay. And that's mm -hmm. the reason that the we have to always be okay. look out for diversity hires. But also, yeah. here's, here's the other fucking hot take, Linda. Maybe he won't be okay. Hey, guess what? That's fine, too, because for exactly. all of history, nobody was okay except for white men. So uh, that's, that's exactly. sometimes you got to take the L. Like, sometimes you got to take the L, white man. Fuck. All right. Go to spin class. I'm going to go running. It's exercise time. Go run. Go ah! run, Andy. Bye. Good morning, Ooh. Linda. Bye. <laughs>